Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. As we move to part two, or part one and a half, of whatever part is going to be tonight, as we deal with the clarity of family. I believe the last time we were together, we came to the conclusion that marriage is God's idea. Yes? That God is the architect of of marriage. Amen? And so let me get into premarital counseling now or marital counseling. And I just figured that uh, God can do more with us corporately than us getting in a little room just, you know, talking about something that God's talking about now. Glory to God. Say this with me. Marriage is God's idea. Do they have those nuggets that I had the last time? Do they have those available? Nugget number one, number two, and number three, I believe. Do they have those in the video department? Would, would, can they put those up? Just go through them real quick. I don't, I don't want to pause much on it. I want to make some headway. Nugget number one, please. That's nugget number, that's not nugget number one. Yeah, that's nugget number one. Ready, go ahead. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, God is the architect. And what else? So who's the creator of family? Who's the creator of marriage? Who's the creator of your family? Who is the creator of your marriage? Well, then, if God created your marriage, you can't make decisions for the marriage without consulting God. Just like you shouldn't have gotten married without consulting God. Hmm. Nugget number two, please. Come on. Whose idea? Marriage is God's ideal. Nugget number three, please. This is crucial. Ready? Read. This is crucial that you understand this. Because if you don't understand this, you won't be able to survive. Because you'll think your issues is your wife. Or the issues are your husband. Where the issues is the devil. Your problem is the devil. Your problem is not your spouse. Now your spouse may be yielding to the devil and acting like the devil. But the corporate of it all is Lucifer himself. And our modern culture is trying to redefine. And sad to say, most church folks are asleep. They're endeavoring to redefine marriage. And, well, go ahead. I don't care if you get mad. But, but I don't understand you calling yourself a Christian, having your children in a secular school when Christian schools are available and you're a Christian. Boy, it got quiet. Because it's not an expense. It's an investment that's going to pay great dividends. And don't tell me sitting there that your child is going to turn out the same. If your child would turn out the same, then there would be no need for a Christian school. If there's no difference, there would be no need for a Christian school if they'll turn out the same. So you can't tell me your children having in their formative years an overdose of the secular way of of teaching as to the Christian way of teaching that they're going to be the same. You can't tell me that your child is going to come out the same hearing about Jesus and hearing about God and hearing about the things of God every day, Monday through Friday, along with the rest of the curriculum and going to a school where God is not even allowed to be spoken. You can't tell me that. You can't tell me that your child is going to be the same going to a school where they start the day with prayer as opposed to going to a school where they cannot pray. I'm talking talking to Christians now. I'm not talking to religious folks. I'm talking to Christians. You can't tell me that the child is going to turn out the same. That your child in the formative years in the kindergarten, the first grade, the second grade, the third grade, the fourth grade, the fifth grade, the sixth, they start their day in their school praying to God. 
not math, not English, not geography, not science, but they start their day praying to God first. And they don't eat lunch without praying over their food in the kindergarten, the first grade, the second grade, the third grade. Are you listening to me? They're being introduced to God every day at the school. Then they go home and they get introduced to God by you. Then they come to church, hallelujah, and a threefold cord is not easily broken, and they get the same. They have to turn out different. You can't get an overdose of God like that and then not make a difference in your life. Hallelujah to Jesus. So marriage is God's idea, yes? So God has given to the human race. God gave the human race marriage. He told Adam and Eve to be what? Fruitful. Come on now. And multiply. You can't be fruitful and multiply with two males. You cannot be fruitful and multiply with two females. And today we have to go on record even saying you can't be fruitful with a human and an animal. And when a man turns his back on God, you can, listen to me, you, me, or anybody else, you can never say what you won't do. You can never say you'll never stoop that low. Take God out of the picture, and how low can you go? Our only security is in him. Our marriage cannot stay together without him. I can't even treat my wife right, not consistently, without him. Because in my own nature, I'm selfish. If nothing else, self-centered. The only entity that can, be, that can enter into my being that will come a more of a priority than myself is when I put God on the throne. It is only when God is on the throne that I can treat her right. Because she doesn't see everywhere I go. But God does. She doesn't hear everything I say. But God does. So my first golden pleasing is not her. The first person I'm trying to please, come on, talk to me, is God. And if I please God with my actions, with my thoughts, with the way I conduct myself, it will automatically please her. Shouldn't be concerned about another woman if I'm trying to please God. Your husband has to worry about another man if you're trying to please God. That only enters into the picture when my goal is not to please God. Preach, boy, preach. Now let's go to Psalms chapter 2. We're making headway now. Because this modern culture is trying to redefine. Not just redefine, but they're trying to overthrow the sanctity of what marriage is. Are you in Psalms chapter 2? You're going to see something here. Look at verse 3. Ooh, God. Stop having marital problems. All you have to do is stop being selfish. That's all you have to do. The, the, the best way for me to break through with my wife when it comes to marital challenge is start giving her something. And the first thing is give her me. That'll shut it down. Are you listening to me? Because it's hard to give to something when, you, when you're ticked off. But it's hard to stay ticked off when you're giving to it. But you can't give when you're selfish. Because when you're selfish, it's all about you. And marriage wasn't designed for selfish people. Selfish people are carnal. And marriage was sanctioned and ordained for mature people. That's why marriage is not for kids. Glory to God. Are you in Psalms 2? Look at verse 3. Let us break their bonds in pieces 
and cast away their cords, come on, from us. That's this modern culture. In other words, they're saying, we don't want anybody telling us what to do. That's the culture we live in now. And a man that is married, he doesn't want a preacher preaching nothing, telling him what to do because he's, he's God unto himself. And a woman who won't obey God, she don't want to hear this message because she doesn't want to obey what God is telling her to do. The only reason your marriage is jacked up, one of you or both of you are out of the love walk. The Holy Ghost said, say that again. I'm not talking to anybody here. I'm talking to the E-Church. The only reason you're having marital problems is because one of you or both of you have removed yourself from the love wall. Why? Because love never fails. Love never fails. You can't want to leave her and love her too. No, love will find a way. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to make a song out of that. Real love, agape, will find a way. God found a way with us. Come on now, as nasty as we were, he found a way. As sinful as we were, he found a way. And that way cost him everything. And that's how a man is supposed to be toward his wife. He is supposed to be willing to pay any price to keep her happy and to keep her covered. I'm going to talk about covering in a minute. Because some marriages, the challenge is he got a lid in the house instead of a covering. And God never called a man to be a lid. He called him to be a covering. Talk, boy, talk. So look at this in verse 3 again. Let us break their bonds, B-O-N-D-S, in what? In pieces. And uh, bonds is marriage. Marriage is a bond. I said marriage is a bond. And the devil wants to break it into pieces. Can somebody say amen to this truth? I said can somebody say amen to this truth? And then look at the latter part of the verse. And cast away their what? Cast away their cords. Uh, the cords are the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments are cords. And the world said, I don't want that. I don't want God telling me what to do. And all of the Ten Commandments is wrapped up in the new commandment of the new covenant. It is covered in one, one commandment. And that is that you love one another. Are you all listening to me? So how can you walk out of your house and treat everybody right and then go home and treat everybody wrong? Come on now. That's why you don't have any business ushering in a church if you don't usher for your wife. You're going to tear your marriage up coming to church ushering, opening the doors for people and don't open the door for your wife. Smiling at folk you don't even know. Tell my good morning. And don't even speak to your wife. Come on now, you lady. You're getting loud. Stay loud, ladies. Same thing with you. You at church grinning at every man. Good morning, brother. Good, good morning, brother Johnson. Yeah, let me hit you now. Good morning, pastor. And haven't spoken to your husband all the way to church. And quit sitting there grunting. You know what we do when there's something said, you don't just about, mm. Mm-hmm. So the challenge today is that we're in this covenant that is sanctioned by God, but we still want to do our own thing. Married want to live like you're single. Can I work with it? If you don't want your spouse to know where you're at, don't get married. 
If you want nobody to know where you're at, don't get married. Jesus. Well, you ought to see the looks I'm getting. But you can't go out of town without checking in. There's some times I wanted to go, my wife said, I'm not getting it. And I'd get mad. <laughs> but I was too scared of going down the road. And standing here today, I don't know what I was saved from. Maybe an accident could have lost my life. I don't know what I was saved from. But if it's all right, how come she's not at peace with it? And, and why do I want to do something that's upsetting her? I know I don't feel good about her going somewhere I don't want her to go. Are you listening to me? Going to be trouble in the city. <laughs> so what Satan is trying to do, saints, he's trying to get rid of God. Because God is the architect, the one who established marriage. Satan, say that with me, hates God. And he hates anything God loves. And God loves you. God loves you. And Satan hates it. Satan hates marriage. That's why there's no opposition to shacking up. Shacking up's not covenant. Oh, can I go ahead and work with it? Every time y'all lay in bed, you in sin. Well, he don't have nowhere to go. Well, he need to find somewhere to go. And while you're laughing, ladies, it, it, isn't it strange that 85 to 90% of all shacking up, it's always her place? Where y'all go, ladies? Isn't that food for thought? That in most cases when you find a shacking up situation, it's usually him moving in with her, not her moving in with him. Boy, it got quiet tonight. But when God sanctioned marriage, he didn't sanction shacking up. He sanctioned covenant. Is this good? I said, is this, is this good? So, so Satan is trying to get rid of God. Why? Because God is the architect. He's the one who established, he's the one who created, he's the one who made marriage. There is a definite movement to get rid of God, to get rid of God, uh, to get rid of the knowledge of God. There's a definite move to bring into this new age. We're being overdosed today. They're trying to take God out, but we're being overdosed with your commercials, with all of your programs. You're getting, you're getting inundated with witchcraft and sorcery. So much so today, you got Christians running around talking about they're a sign of a zodiac. That's witchcraft. And if you got one around your neck, you're carrying witchcraft with you. No wonder you can't get healed. No wonder strange things are happening in your house with all those horoscopes in your house and reading those books in your house, releasing words into your house. No wonder your bedroom is strange. Are you listening? You don't get as much, perhaps, anymore like you did a few years ago where you encounter people. The first thing they want to ask you, what's your sign? I mean, as soon as you meet them. You know, you're in the club doing your thing. You know, where the lady want to dance, and you're not on the dance floor. And you know, you're working. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about. And right in the middle, you know, of your dance. What's your sign? What'd you say? What's your sign? Oh, I'm Scorp. I'm Lee. I'm Jimmy. 
Are you listening to me? And we thought nothing of it, but it's witchcraft. Calling the psychic hotline, wanting to know if your husband's going to leave or stay. Then come to church on Sunday and lift your hands. I love you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Are you listening to me? So Satan is trying to pull God out of everything and to replace this void. He's bringing in witchcraft and sorcery and all kind of works of unfruitfulness of darkness. Even on our children. Brought it in like it's a game. Harry Potter's not a game. The Ouija board's not a game. Dungeon and Jackers is Dungeon and Dragons. That's not a game. You're fooling with the devil. Are you listening to me? And dealing with these church witches. Who you calling? And asking them to pray for your union. Or pray that you get married. And she's telling you to chant this and put some salt here or put a shoe in the corner. Take these keys and keep them with you everywhere you go. Those keys aren't protecting you. The keys of heaven are protecting you, but those keys, that's witchcraft. And sometimes those people, they don't mean any harm. They just don't understand, haven't been taught truth. So that, that, that uh, what I call, uh, what do they call it? Uh, uh, what, what do they call it? Superstition. Passed down from generation to generation. You know, you break a piece of glass, a mirror, you know, seven years of curse. Don't walk under a ladder. Some of you can't even get to church on time. A black cat run from the car. You got to drive six miles out of the way. No, no, you're laughing, but you didn't get that from the Bible, but you got that from somebody that you respected their position and their opinion. Got all your keys on a rabbit foot. When you should be applying the blood of Jesus to every situation and every circumstances and binding the spirit of the devil and commanding that thing to get out, to get out of your house, get off of your marriage, get off of your children, get off your grandbabies. The word of God says that this same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Come on, tell three people, it's in me, it's in me, it's in me. You sitting around like you don't have any power. You letting the devil kick you in the behind like you don't have any power. You walking around crying like you don't have any power. You walking around sad and depressed like you don't have any power. And the Bible says that the same power, somebody shout same, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave, it's in you. And all you doing with it is sitting there watching television. Calling everybody all around the country trying to get help when help's already there. Help is in you. All you need to do is release the power. Devil, you mess with my marriage. Hey, man, one day too long. I'm kicking you out today. You mess with my wife one day too many. You mess with my husband one day. You put your hands on my family for the last. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus.
Please, please have a seat. So let's deal with this, this covering thing. First Peter chapter 5 says, your adversary, the devil, that uh, he roams about, walketh about as a roaring lion. He's trying to destroy you. If you, if you allow the devil to pick your husband off, you, you don't know what kind of world you're going to face without him. You don't have a clue what kind of world you're going to face without her. I got enough sense. I, you know, I don't have it all, but I got enough sense to know I wouldn't be the same without that girl. If nothing else, my letters wouldn't be spelled right. Are you listening to me? And if God gave you your mate, ooh, Jesus, if God gave you your mate and you put them out, What do you think is going to happen when you reject what God gave you? Do you really believe you're going to be able to hold on to your stuff when the only reason you have it is because you're who you're connected to. See, I got enough sense to know that there's a lot of things I enjoy that God was after her. And I'm just benefiting from it. That God is supplying it to her through me. I'm not stupid. I'm just a channel. I'm not her source. I'm just a resource that God is using to answer her prayers. And while he's answering her prayers, I'm getting blessed for it. But by the same token, we can flip it on the other side. That there are a lot of things that she's enjoying that God has ordained to be in my life. And he's used her to supply it, to strengthen me to be by my side, to make it happen. So that when it manifests, she's in, she enjoys it because she's with me. And so if we both don't get stupid, we're safe. She's a gift to me from God. Hallelujah. You should be saying the same. Eve, come on, say it with me. Eve, now we may get in a little trouble here, but Eve should never be without a covering. And perhaps we won't get into it in great detail tonight. But you remember in the garden when Eve ate of the fruit, Yes. Did God say anything? Didn't say a word. The reason God didn't say anything is because Eve had a covering. And as long as Adam didn't yield, Eve could have been redeemed. Preach, boy, preach. You see, God didn't have to redeem Eve if Adam would have stayed in his position as a redeemer. Come on now. And when Adam sinned, what happened then? God came down. Come on, ladies. But when he came, come on, ladies, stay with me now. When he came down, he didn't counsel with Eve. Because Eve wasn't the covering. Eve was not the redeemer. Now, because of modern society and this culture that is perverting everything, in some homes, Eve has had to be the covering for the survival of the family. But it wasn't God's original intent. Is this good? Eve is to always have a covering. And if we do it God's way, stay with me, ladies. A lady, a girl, a young lady is supposed to stay under the covering of her father. That's why the proper way is for a man to come to a girl's father 
and ask the Father. Can I some, say it again? Say it again. She said to ask for her hand, but asking for her hand is asking the Father, can I now be her covering? That if something happens to her as her father, you would always step in. If something went on in the community, you would go check on it as her father. If somebody messed with your daughter, you'd go check on it as her father. But now you're saying, Father, I'm going to release you. I'm going to relinquish you from that responsibility, and it's going to become mine. That even if she's wrong, I am still her covering. Preach, boy, preach. That's why God didn't say anything when Eve bit of the fruit. Because even though she bit of the fruit, she still had a covering. And you don't cover only when it's good. You cover your wife even when it's bad. Even when she makes a mistake, Adam, you Cover her. You don't just cover her when she's right. You cover her when she's wrong. And that's all Adam had to do. If Adam would have went and dealt with Lucifer as Eve's covering, and checked his behind because Adam had all authority over the earth. Who, Jesus? Can I work with this thing? No, no, the earth didn't belong to Adam. He, he was given stewardship. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's. Come on now. So the earth was never Adam's. The garden was never Adam's. God gave him authority and responsibility. He gave him the responsibility. In other words, God made Adam a steward. And he gave him stewardship over the garden before he gave him stewardship over his wife. And stewardship just simply means that you're responsible. And at the end of the day, every man is responsible for what happens in his home. He's still responsible even if he doesn't step up to the plate. When you stand before God, God will never call a woman to give an account for what happened in that house. But you will, Adam. Who, Jesus? Who, we? Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. Even you, Adam, allowing her to run the house. I didn't hear any sisters on that one. Now, I'm not knocking sisters because there are some homes that if she doesn't take the reins, everything is going to be chaos. And that's what happens when Adam doesn't take his full responsibility. So don't throw phones at sisters who look like they're running the show. Sometimes they have to run the show because Adam won't show up. So Adam's out of place and it causes the wife to be misplaced. That's why I share with you single women, you never marry a man you can't follow. If you can't follow him, he's too weak for you. Ah. I didn't say any one of you are wrong. I didn't say he wasn't a good man, but he's too weak for you. Oh, let me put it another way. You're too strong for him. Who, Jesus? Is this helping anybody at all? I said, is this helping anybody at all? 
So let, let's deal with this. Let's understand the difference between a covering and a lid. A lid is something that confines. A lid is something that confines. A lid is something that limits. It suppresses or restrains. So in your marriage, if you feel like you're restrained, if you feel like you're being restricted, If you feel like in your union, you're being limited. You can do so much more than, you, than you're, you've been released to do because he's got issues. You could really help the family if he was more secure. Then there's a great possibility instead of a covering in your house, you have a lid. A covering is protection. When a man is a covering, He's a protection against. When he's a what? A covering. He is a protection against. Somebody said against what? Against anything that would come against you. He's against anything that would come to try to divide the family. He's against any attack of the devil to come in to mess up the house. He's against it. What's a covering? A covering is to maintain, to check on. So a covering checks on. That's how Eve got in trouble. Adam wasn't checking. Why was this man all up in his wife's ear? Where was he at? What owl at Price Choppers was he on? Because it's clear his wife and Lucifer were in a different aisle. And maybe he was shoo-shooing with his wife on a job. But where was Adam when this man was in her ear? Ooh, Jesus. Telling her things that were contrary to the instructions that he gave her from God. Good God of mercy. Now, now you don't have to take this as Bible, but, but I don't believe that was the first time Satan approached Eve. Because, come on, ladies, come on, you, use your imagination with me. When a guy first rolled up on you, <laughs> you like, you know, married or not married, when, you know, roll up on you. We all know what roll up means. And just because you're married, that don't mean you stop getting rolled up on. But a stranger roll up on you, you're like, what? what? What you say? What? You talking to me? Huh? But we don't see that in the text. And I believe it's because it wasn't the first time Lucifer rolled up on Sister Eve. We call it a serpent, right? If I'd break out a snake right now, all the sisters would be gone and a few brothers. So why didn't Eve run? Because this is the first time she's given lending her ear to somebody other than her husband. She's never, who Jesus? She's lending her ear to another teacher. Because in Bible study, Adam was her teacher. That's how she knew what God said. And now she's given her ear to another teacher. 
who's telling her something contrary to what God said. Is this good? Who are you listening to? No, you're not busted yet, but who are you listening to on the job that you shouldn't be listening to? Who are you meeting somewhere to talk about just talk that, that you shouldn't be meeting with talking? Who are you having Bible study with other than Pastor Hal? that's using another book. Jesus. Let's wrap it up now. So a covering is to act as a substitute or replacement, which just simply means that, that Adam could have stepped in between his wife and Lucifer. and dealt with him. And Satan would have had to obey because Adam had the authority from God. Adam had the dominion from God. Satan didn't have it. He didn't get it from Eve. Satan didn't get dominion. Satan didn't get all the glories of the kingdoms. Adam had it. And Satan didn't get it from Eve because Eve didn't have it. So how did Satan get it? He got it through Adam's weak link. He couldn't trap Adam. So he went after his wife. Oh, God. Boy, the sisters are quiet. But as good as your wife is, brother, she is your weak link. Your few throats getting cleared. And the reason she's your weak link, I didn't say she was weak. I said she's your weak link. And the reason is, is that she is never to be the covering. She is always sanctioned by God for you to protect her. That's why if an intruder breaks in the house, brother, you don't send your wife to check. Maybe I think I heard something. Huh? Brian, Brian, I think I heard something. You did? Yeah, it sounded like it's downstairs. Well, go check, honey, and tell me what you see. Huh? Hey, hey, honey, there's a bat in the corner. You're laughing because that's wrong, isn't it? And it's wrong when a woman doesn't feel covered because when she doesn't feel covered, she doesn't feel protected. Oh, God, can I work it? And when she doesn't feel you've taken the responsibility to cover her, you haven't taken on the responsibility to guard her, it makes it difficult for her to respect you. I have no problem honoring him. He protects me. If something happened, I call my husband. Come on now. If something happened, I don't call my wife. 
I, I deal with it. I, I, I deal with it. She pulled into the garage the other day and said, a light's on in the car. What kind of light? She got to tell me lights I never heard been on. And that's all she did. That's all she did. Pulled in and said, lights on in the car. I was driving, lights came on. Yellow lights, green light, red lights. One light came on, it, it looked like it had a, a, like a something like dripping or something. You know, I'm like, what kind of lights? There were lights on today. The, car, the car's around there. She hadn't seen it yet. The car's were, it's in there. Go right through there, into the garage. I took it early this morning, and the, and the mechanic called and said, it's ready. Are you, you following me? So if I get it, well, it's a Daniel's fast, but if it wasn't for the Daniel's fast, <clears throat> You, you follow what I'm saying? Because you can see her do something. You say, whoa, what's she just jumping like? There's a reason why she's jumping. She went to sleep and I started jumping. She didn't just see it. I jumped all the way to the mechanic. And then she didn't say, honey, my car's not running and give me some money on it. It's fixed now. She don't even know what it costs. Talk to me, girl. And when that's not your attitude, Adam, you don't have a right to get married. Because when she leaves her daddy, you're supposed to take on all of that responsibility. And I didn't say you're supposed to be covered. God did. Your father's supposed to guard you against everything that's out in this world. And when you get married, your husband is supposed to guard you. That's why you don't marry a man without taking him to your daddy. And if you don't have a father, you take him to your spiritual father. And let your spiritual father look him in the eye. And if he halfway don't want to do right, he don't want to see your father. Because men know men know men. And if what he's saying to you is not the truth, he don't want to get in the presence of a man who loves you, who's guarding you, and that's a covering for you. Because that man's going to know this. He, he, he. Are you following me? Are you listening to me? That, that father's going to be able to look at that man and know if he's the real deal, if he's chucking and jiving. Then he leave the church and tell you in the hallway in the parking lot, I don't like him. Now he's working on pulling you out. Because to marry him, you got to leave. And then when he gets you out, he's going to be beating you upside your head. Or got you home married. And, yeah. Hallelujah. Stay with the word. So in Genesis 1, God didn't give Adam the earth. The word of God says in Psalms 24:1, I said, the earth is the Lord and all is fullness. Yes. So to practice stewardship in the garden before he gave him a wife and children, which is the family. So God allowed Adam to practice stewardship in the garden. He was practicing stewardship. Are you listening to me? If you can't keep a garden, you can't keep a wife. You have to be a steward over the garden. Weeds will grow if you don't mess, you tend the garden. So why was Eve in the garden and Lucifer talking to her? And who's talking to your wife, brother, that you don't know about? And who's talking to your husband, sister, that you don't know about? Y'all hold it here. 
It's getting hot on the front row. <laughs> Dr. B said, I ain't waiting to get in the car. He said, who, who, who? Say, who? I'm talking, who you? Now, I don't know. So when a man comes into a home as a father, as a husband, his, his authority is by virtue of taking responsibility as a steward over the wife and the children. You're not the man of the house because you got on pants. The children need this witness with their own eyes. Your sons and your daughters see you covering their mother and covering the house. And the worst thing you can do in front of your children as a man is allow your children to see you sleeping all the time. Or sitting in front of a television with a remote. A remote in your hand and nothing in your head. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh, Jesus. And as I said last Wednesday, if you leave one another, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? And I'm talking to every man in this room. If you're fooling around with a woman, I'm talking about somebody who's not your wife. What kind of fool are you? That you can be fooling with a woman and she know you're married. What you going to do with her but lose everything you got? Now the Bible says if you instruct a fool, he'll get mad at you. But if you instruct a wise man, he'll be wiser. So that means while I'm telling you this truth, some are getting mad and some are rejoicing. So what are you going to do with a woman that will date you and you marry? What are you going to do with her? She's already telling you what she's about. So you think you're going to leave your wife, get with a woman who's dating you while you're married, and when you marry her, she's going to stay faithful to you. You are a fool. She's already telling you what she'll do. I'm just throwing a rock. If it hits you, holler. Because God's trying to save all of us. Because the devil will dangle all these things out there. Just because a woman's pretty, that don't mean nothing. Just because a man is debonair and whatever women like about men, that stuff's going to fade. And the best thing you got right now is what you have right now. At least you know what you got. Come on, say amen on that. At least you know what you got. You know where improvements is needed. Huh? You know where remodeling is needed. Huh? You know where new appliances need to be installed. Preach, boy, preach. Huh? You know the air conditioner is about to go out. Come on, talk, boy, talk to me. Huh? You know you need a new roof on the house. But to go out there, you don't know what you're getting. And you can, certainly can't get it off of Facebook. Everybody's modeling on Facebook. All the people you see on Facebook, they don't look like that. What do y'all say? They got apps with the enhanced things. Uh, years ago, a lady came to me crying. Years ago. Years ago, came to me crying. Because she'd met somebody on the, on the uh, internet, Facebooking. You know, and they got all, you know, they got soul ties on the internet. And all he was seeing, all she was showing him was from the neck up. And, and, and the guy got all enamored over, you know, from the neck up. 
you know, one thing led to another. And so, you know, now they're determined to see each other. And so they, you know, they come to me crying. And so I say, you know, I'm a pastor. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to help people. And I'm like, well, well sister, all, you, all he saw was from your neck up? He said, that's it, pastor. I said, you didn't tell him about anything from the neck down? You just shocked him? And she got hurt. You laugh, but I mean, you know, when people get hurt, they're hurt. I, I know you don't mean, to, you're not being, you know, disrespectful by laughing, but the, the, the lady was hurt, and hurt is hurt. She was hurt. She, she was hurt. She was disappointed. She was wounded. She was scarred. And my wife was on it, too. She wasn't truthful. Even though she wasn't truthful, she still got hurt. And I'm concerned because I'm her, her pastor. Are you listening to me? So, so a lid restricts. A lid will shut you down. A lid will limit you. But a covering will cover you, even, you, you remember when you was growing up and you were dealing with, maybe on the, on the school ground, you got into a situation and your friend or your buddy said, I got your back? Right. You, you, anybody, anybody ever been that person, I, you told somebody, I got your back? Yeah. Have anybody ever told you, I got your back? Yeah. So you go out on the playground or wherever to, to deal with whatever's coming up, but when you go, you know, you have a certain amount of, you know, right. yeah, I mean, you know, you might just be a little scared, but you're not all the way out there because you got somebody. You got you. And, and so when you get into the confrontation, uh, you're expecting the person who said to have your, have your back. So if a, a fight breaks out, you ain't expecting to fight by yourself. Huh? Because if you fight by yourself, when you get where your partner is, it's going to be another fight. Because you're going to say, I thought you said you. That's what a husband is to be to his wife. Oh, you're going to mess with my wife? Uh, it ain't going to be no fair fight. Fair. You think just you and her going to fight and I'm standing here? It ain't going to be no fair. No, don't put no stick on my shoulder. You fight. If you jump, it's, it's on. I don't need no stick. No, you know what I'm saying? You knock it off, it's on. No, you ain't done nothing. I'm telling you, it's not going to be a fair fight. She's my wife. She don't fight. I fight. I fight. Well, you, you mean you fight a woman? No, I won't fight a woman. So go home and get your husband so I can fight him. But you, you and my wife, y'all not fighting. I'm her cover. I'm her bail bondsman. Yes, she's wrong. What's the bail? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all act like you know what I'm talking about. But you know. Are you following me? I'm the bail bomb. I'm paying the bail. I didn't say she was right. She's as wrong as two left shoes on a right foot. But I'm her covering. I'll get her home and I'll deal with it. But you ain't doing nothing to her. And that's what God tells the devil about you. I know he was wrong. I know she was wrong. 
but I shed my blood for them. And Lucifer, you can't do nothing to them. And if they're wrong, I'll deal with them. Because it's my child that I purchased with my own blood. Good God of mercy. Come on, stand to your feet and give God praise and thank him for the word tonight. My time is gone. So authority comes by virtue of taking responsibility. And with the help of my almighty God, I have embraced the responsibility of my wife. I've embraced the responsibility of my family. And I have embraced the responsibility of Harvest Church. And I've endeavored with the help and the power of the Holy Spirit made a number of mistakes that you may know about or don't know about, but I've endeavored to do the best that I could. And that's the truth. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.